everyone to e-commerce straight talk we are honored to have david katz as our guest here um so yeah are you are you a big college football fan yeah um more pro sport but definitely college well who, who's your team uh i have to go with university of minnesota hey i watched that i watched that game last night yeah oh it's a rough injury well, well and oh man yeah because that was good you always love a fist fight, especially because my Oregon Ducks are playing next week. Oh, yeah. State. Yeah, yeah, that's, so, that's going to be big. So I want to see what, what all the fuss is about. But um, anyway, so so David here is the CEO and founder of Swagger. So these are socks made out of uh, recycled plastic, right, David? Yes, that's that's correct. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about how you got started in this and what sort of where the concept came from. Yeah, so originally, um, you know, the idea behind it was, you know, personally, I've always been a huge sock fan, um, whether it's been crazy, funky dress socks, um, you know, any any cool, fun, exciting sock, if you can call it exciting, that's that's kind of, I loved it. So um, yeah. my, wife, my wife, Katie and I, are all, all, we're both really active, like to be outside. And so, um, you know, we're obviously... Um, we were getting holes in our socks. They weren't fitting right. And it's super frustrating. And so um, we decided that, you know what, let's, let's do it better. You know, I already had an affinity for socks. We're both really active. So we figured the athletic sock arena would just be the, the right fit for us. Um, and so from the beginning, uh, we both knew that we wanted it to be uh, sustainable. We wanted it to be the, the environmental aspect needed to be at the forefront of it. Um, we both grew up that way. Um, my dad owned a couple of business businesses in the, in the recycling uh, industry. Katie's family was always very recycling conscious growing up. And so um, that we knew was just going to be part of it. And so uh, kind of started started our uh, journey there and we kicked it off with a Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so that Indiegogo campaign, that's really what set you guys up <laughs> rocking and rolling, right? Totally. So, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to sort of the, the process that went into that. I know there's a lot that has to go into these campaigns. There's, I mean, there's so many brands and so many companies and so many products and people that just throw something up there on Indiegogo or Kickstarter yeah. without being fully prepared and have a full plan of attack in place. So what, what was your guys' process in, in sort of developing that? Yeah, totally. I mean, and to your point, it's, there's so many companies, you know, Crowdfunding has become like a really great platform to, to launch your business so that it's flooded with products. So you really need to be um, smart in how you approach it. You need to be organized. And so for us, it started about six months, three to six months before we actually launched, uh, we started our planning. Um, so it's not, uh, you know, see what sticks, put it up there and, you know, cross your fingers and let, let's hope it works. But um, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So, you know, it, it starts with, you know, you need to make sure that you're getting the information out there so that the public's aware of it. Um, and by doing that, you start, at least with us, what we were instructed was you start with a core group of people, you know, close, close family and friends, whoever they are, five to 10 people who you know can take the information whenever you need them to send it out. If it's once every hour, once daily, blast it out. And that's an everyday process, and you just sort of expound on that. And, and there are a bunch of different channels that out social media, 
um, all sorts of stuff. It's a super, super, um, it's not complicated, but it's definitely involved. And if you want to have a successful campaign, you've, you've got to prepare for it. Awesome. Awesome. And so how did that, um, once you guys launched, how, what was your goal and sort of uh, how long did it take you to meet that goal? So uh, the goal is 20,000 uh, and you can set different parameters for how long you want the campaign to run. We ran it for 30 days. Um, and what's super, super important is a big first. Um, that's what we were told from the guests, what we were planning for. Because if you have a first day, uh, it puts you on whatever platform is Kickstarter, Negogo, whoever it is. Some puts you on the list, puts you in their emails about saying, hey, uh, new campaigns that are exciting and doing well, which can really throw your name out there and get you some more, some more backing. But um, goal was 20,000 in the first day. I think we did about eight, eight to eight to $10,000 in the first day. Wow. That was, that was a huge, huge push. And it allowed us to really, um, you know, get that organic push in, uh, in the Indiegogo's trend. So we were trending for a few days and then things cooled off, which we were expecting them to. Um, and then we hit our goal probably about, uh, probably about 15 days, probably about uh, 15 to 20 days in, we hit our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, uh, we, we set up some stretch goals to see if, you know, what we could do, but we were so, we were so pumped out that we hit it, that yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, just super exciting. No, I mean, that is exciting. I think too, what's, what's so interesting is, uh, you know, with crowdfunding and, and, um, the availability of it, it's, it's such an easier and simpler way of testing the market, right? Does, does the market actually want said product? Um, totally. so it's an easy, easy way of testing it. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think those, those platforms are so valuable and, and crazy enough, um, even, you know, big corporations still use those platforms to test, test products and see what works oh, yeah. and see what doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think that, and that's a great point. Um, yeah, there are a couple of uh, big brands uh, that use that when they come out with new products just to see if, you know, get the social proof for it. Um, you know, so that's a really great thing that it allows you to do to see if the market is, is really interested in what you're providing. But on top of that, um, it's a really great way, especially if you don't have a lot of capital up front, um, to go out and um, get the initial capital you need to uh, do a first production or, you know, however you want to use that money to, to keep the business moving forward. Um, so that's, that's another aspect, I think, of crowdfunding that so valuable um, because starting a small, you know, starting a business is not easy, um, you know, and, and when you add in the capital aspect, aspect of it, it makes it even that more difficult. So that much more difficult. So it's, it's a huge, huge thing when you can, you know, leverage a platform to, to generate some money for you. Well, and I think for, for you guys as well, it also helped really create that community or at least starting off and building that community, which is absolutely, absolutely. obviously so important in 2021. It's like, I think, I think we've talked to other folks in um, this year about the same thing. It's like um, with everything going on in the world, with all the iOS changes, with just everything, brand and community are so much more important now than ever. They, they always have been, but people haven't relied on it a lot. Right. Right. And no. so I think. I think moving forward, like that's, that's really where you have to go. And so being able to utilize platforms like Indiegogo and start helping build that community and really get it off the ground is genius. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. And it's, it's true. I mean, 
you know, it's funny if you look at even 20 years ago, 15, 10 years ago, business is so different today than it was back then. Mm. You know, you, like to your point, you really have to be able to, you have to be an expert, but you really have to be able to leverage you know, the internet and the, the platforms associated with the internet to, to really launch your brand and to really engage with your audience because it's not just let's go out and shake hands and have face-to-face -face meetings anymore and, and always do direct mailers or, you know, it's, it's just a different, it's a different approach now than it ever has been. Cool. And then I, I am curious. So, so you, you have the idea, the concept, you sort of prove it out, prove that the marketplace wants it, you run an Egogo, you start building that community, sort of what, what were the next steps involved in your guys' process? Cause I know you got, you guys ended up getting into retail pretty, um, pretty deep there. So what was the process of you sort of uh, moving and growing? So the next step was actually going out and selling. Um, you know, we, we hadn't sold anything to the public when we launched that campaign. And it was that campaign was pure to be able to, to get the money to actually start manufacturing and selling. So next step for us was, um, to, you know, to, to your point, was trying to organically build our brand. And so what we started doing, our next step was we started selling at farmer's markets all throughout Houston. Um, and the beauty of Houston is it's so large that there were, you know, in one month, you could, not that we could hit this many, but there were 70 different markets going on on weekends throughout wow. one month in Houston. And so it's crazy. Uh, yeah. So it, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what we, we basically, we set up a table, uh, we set up a table, um, brought our socks and, um, we just started selling them to people's markets and it was unique because, you know, we're not your typical farmers type company. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And so it, uh, it was awesome. I mean, it allowed us to really understand our customers, have some space interaction, really grow an awesome loyalty. We've got such great uh, brand loyalty in Houston, um, just be from those farmers markets. Um, and because, it, because there was such a great reception and the brand uh, awareness was growing there, um, I started um, hiring about eight people to do markets a weekend um, so that we could just start hitting up as, in addition to what I was doing, um, so we could just start hitting up as many markets as we could just to get the word out. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so that's, no, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's like the, the um, I don't want to say old school, but, you know, not a lot of people do that anymore, right? Um, right. And then right. not only that, like you're saying, like start hiring other people to go. So you're sort of scaling your ability yeah. to reach, <laughs> reach the, even yeah. the local community. Obviously you're right. Houston. So Houston's ginormous. Yeah. Um, so you got, you got kind of lucky with the location there. Oh um, yeah. But no, I, I, I find that, I find that fascinating and amazing. I'm not too sure how many companies these days actually do that. So that's, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah. And, and not only that, but this continues the, the conversation about building community, right? So it started yeah. with Indiegogo, building that community through there, um, building that brand awareness and product awareness too, because product is so important. And then yeah. continuing that community building, which which is, um, you know, like I said, so very important. Now, going from farmer's markets, then you guys got into retail. Yeah. So t tell me sort of that process and how how you were able to really leverage leverage retail. Yeah, so we knew, I mean, the natural progression for us, and we knew farmers markets, are, they're great. 
they're great for you know getting your brand out there and for people to, to start and get to know you but if we want to start scaling you know we knew that our next step was retail and obviously the, the online portion but uh, for retail uh, initially uh, my wife Katie and I we made a list of all of the retailers we wanted to get into mm-hmm. and I got on the you know I grabbed my phone and I just started calling every single one of them on the list um, and I would call them again and again and again until I actually would get someone or eventually until they said yes um, or until I could send out samples. And that's, that's how it happened for the first, I don't know, maybe six months of retail was just me on the phones, calling places locally, calling places nationally, sending out samples, dropping samples off anywhere I could, whether they had a tiny little strip mall shop in rural you know, Conroe, Texas, um, or whether it was, um, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, It's, it didn't matter to me. I just, I knew we needed to get there. And so I just started calling. And that was initially um, how we started doing it. Um, But um, I think to leverage the powerful machine that retail is, um, to really get into the big ones, uh, to really scale through retail, uh, we actually hired a, an agency uh, to help us uh, really kind of make our waves in there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously agencies, you know, me, me owning one, it's, it's not cheap. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But the ability to scale is, is always there. So it's like, it's just one of those things that you sort of, once you hit a certain level, um, yeah. you kind of have to go into. Yeah. Now, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And, and the bigger ones, you you know, the bigger retailers you get into, if we're talking specific retail, it's hard. I mean, they're hard to break into. Um, it's hard to find the right buyer that you need to speak with. And so, you know, leveraging an agency, although, you know, the cost can be high, um, the value they bring to the table um, definitely outweighs that. Awesome. And, and would you like, would you suggest, or if you were giving advice to somebody else who was, thinking about getting into retail or just starting getting into retail, mm-hmm. would you advise them to go that route or to stick to the grind? I'd, I'd tell them to start by sticking to the grind um, because unless, unless you had, unless you've got big capital backing or you've had a lot of success and the cash flow was already coming in. Um, but you have to have the budget for it um, because it's, it's expensive and, um, especially, you know, with retail, you're really not going to see results from your efforts. Um, and the agencies will tell you this too, uh, for, you know, three to four months. And so you really need to be able to, to have the budget for at least three months um, and probably six months just to make sure it's actually um, going to be worth your while and stick it out long term. So I definitely say yeah. kind of hit the grind make your list call. And then once you start to get some traction, um, reach out to the agencies because it's going to be easier for them to also get you into larger retailers. If you've got um, somewhat of an understanding of how it works and you also have some relationships already established, gives you a little more credibility. Makes sense. And I, and I am curious to um, learn a little bit more about retail, especially when, you know, we're talking about farmers markets and you're able to 
you're able to talk to the customer right then and there or mm-hmm. or anyone and just get a feedback right yeah. you know one on one um what was how was that different with retail and working with retail stores would they would they give you feedback on on products or suggestions or say hey you know what we we'd like more of this kind of product or could you make xyz yeah so um when it got to the point where they were interested in at least reviewing samples um <clears throat> We'd basically, they would tell us what, what style they were interested in. Mm-hmm. And, and we'd send those types of samples. Um, and initially, when we were kind of pitching to retailers, we just throw everything that we had and say, hey, here's, our, here's the styles we have, um, yeah. kind of new styles for summer or whatever, it is, whatever season it is. And then they'll come back that they're interested or not. And if they are, then they'll kind of want to focus on a specific segment. Um, but once they agree, and you start into the process of onboarding and you're starting to put in your assortment into their, um, into their system. Um, again, I mean, you can pretty much, you can put in anything you want. Um, I really think even, you know, even the styles that they're, they're preferring to have, um, they're willing to test other things if it, if it's something that's somewhat in their wheelhouse. So that's not too much of a, um of something that uh we needed to worry as much about and and what about your design process i've, I've always i've always been sort of fascinated by this because i i'm a huge fan of socks yeah right? especially when you're wearing a suit the socks and the watch are the thing that sort of set you know <laughs> you apart because you're, you're not going to wear a super flamboyant suit <laughs> i'm not right yeah right, right um so so you get you get some socks to sort of represent your personality so so I'm curious to know, like, what, what goes into the design of socks? You guys just come up with something like, hey, you know what? You had jalapenos one night. We're going to throw jalapenos on the socks. Or, <laughs> like, where does the inspiration come from? So, you know, it's interesting with our socks. Um, so our socks are made out of recycled plastic bottles. Um, they're 90 minimum or 91% made out of recycled plastic bottles. And so with that, because of the, recy- the, the large amount of uh, recycled materials that we have the innate knitting designs that you'll see on a lot of other socks, like throwing jalapenos on there or pizzas or whatever it is. Um, we're a little bit limited in the, in the craziness of our designs. Mm. Um, and so kind of our inspiration has been, you know, ocean, clean, simple, um, you know, the yarn we use and how we kind of manipulate our yarn it's really cool because you have sort of this heathered speckled look to every one of our socks. Um, and so we really go for that simplistic, clean look. Um, and so, you know, we've done some leopard, you know, leopard designs or um, zebra designs for, for, for a zoo that we were working with. Um, but for the most part, we, you know, we've got lots of really cool colors, but the designs are pretty simple. Um, we don't get too, too crazy with them. Um, Occasionally, we'll get a, a business who wants to do some customizing, and they'll reach out, and we'll put, uh, you know, switch it up and put their logo and do some stuff for them. Um, but for the most part, you know, we we stick to our branding. You know, we love uh, we love the branding, um, and it's we've got our sea lion logo, and um, kind of stick to our to our speckled colors and our sea lion logos, and um, kind of go with that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if uh, you put me in charge of design, it would be you'd be like, Sam, what? What are you, what are you doing, man? This is not going to work with anybody. 
Yeah, um, well, you know, it's funny. I mean, there are definitely <laughs> ways. Like, you know, I think a lot of people, and I, I'm, I'm totally agreement with you too. Like, I love wearing crazy socks with, with suits. You know, that's kind of initially yeah. how we had come up with this. It's just because you know it's fun to wear. It's it, it's a fashion statement now, right? Like socks are have to become a fashion statement. It's not just like you're wearing a black suit, get some black socks. Like it just, it's just not how it is anymore. Well, I think, I think for men in the professional world, right? It's so suits are still, and obviously the fashions change with suits, but yeah. small changes, right? yes. not huge changes. Right. And, and I think when you're wearing a suit, there are some people out there who want to make a statement, but most people wearing a suit don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the way the way that you sh sort of show off your personality or make a statement, like I said, it's either with a watch yeah. or socks. Obviously, you could throw yeah. a tie in there, but ties, you know, you want you sort of want to take it safe with ties um, yeah, yeah. and and cufflinks, too, if you if you're wearing a shirt that requires cufflinks. Right. Yeah. Um, but most of the time yeah. you're not. So the yeah. socks are everything. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, socks are, I mean, it really, yeah, it shows your personality. And so, um, you know, our kind of idea around that is we've got lots of really cool, vibrant colors. Um, you know, you know, we've got the whites and the grays and the blacks, um, but we've got some really cool, like bright, bright colors that are, that are pretty awesome. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're just getting to the point now we're going to be kicking off, you know, October's coming up. We're going to try and do some really cool, cool new designs for, uh, breast cancer awareness month and nice. uh, and all that kind of thing so we're we're, we're we're we do our we do we've got our cool designs um and they're going to be coming but they're not they're not as um you know we're not we're not we don't put pizzas or or anything like that on there quite yet yeah. <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha okay and yeah. so um so yeah we, we we talked about inception and and launch and sort of growth talked about retail yeah. Um, so that is step sort of in the direct to consumer realm. Mm -hmm. Let me talk a little bit more about that and how you, how, like what platforms have you guys been utilizing? How have you really sort of taken the next step and going direct to, to consumer? Yeah. So initially we, we built out our site on WooCommerce, um, not to get too technical, but, um, I figured I'd start there cause we made some changes in that regard too. Um, and so it was, it was a great platform for us initially to start. Um, uh, we were familiar with it, but as we started to grow and initially it was organic, we did a lot of, we're doing We did a lot of foundational stuff in terms of SEO. Um, you know, we were making sure that we're, 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 we're doing blogs, we're doing stuff that's going to organically drive traffic to our site. Um, because, you know, in our opinion, um, and you know, I, uh, take a step out, step back. I took, uh, I did uh, like this little uh, conference challenge um, course probably about a couple weeks ago. And mm -hmm. there's, there's a, a quote in there that I thought was interesting. And it said, you're not a business that's going to scale until you can actually grow through paid strategy. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I totally think that's valid uh, because I think that you can scale hugely through there. Yeah. Uh, but, and, but for us, initially, we wanted to at least lay the foundation for organic so that, you know, we've got that, that traffic always coming through regardless of if, if we've got ads going or, or, or how the paid stuff is going. Um, and so as we started growing, um, we switched over to Shopify um, just because from a, from a retail, from an e-commerce retail uh, standpoint, 
it uh, the bells and whistles, it, it, such integration features and are so easy to use. Um, and so once we did that, that's kind of when we really started to focus a little bit on our paid strategy because uh, Facebook and Instagram, just starting to do stuff with TikTok, integrates so well with Shopify in terms of tracking. Um, it's it's just it's seamless. And so um, we started we started that strategy, um, and we were primarily focusing on Facebook and Instagram um, and dabbling a little bit with TikTok. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I, I literally had this conversation yesterday with, um, with my brother-in-law who, who runs an e-commerce business. And, you know, we were discussing platforms and, and Facebook and, and, you know, also looking at the data too, and how people are utilizing these platforms. And um, it's interesting how Facebook still holds the majority of attention, but it's all older attention, right? People over yes. the age of 35. Yes. You have um, you have Snapchat, which reaches an insanely amount of young people here in the U.S. under 24. Um, I think about 75 percent of people 13 to 24 is what Snapchat reaches, which is insane. But yeah. how they use that platform is not so much social; it's more messaging. Right? It's more of a messaging platform. Yeah. And then you have TikTok, which I think they came out with the numbers and the average TikTok user. I don't know how accurate this is. Um, watches eight hours a day of TikTok, which seems that seems it. like seems like a lot, but like at the same time, it's you're ridiculous. like, ah. yeah, no, it's it's, 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 it's ridiculous, yeah, yeah, it's scary. You just like get lost in it, and you realize like an hour has gone by, <laughs> or or the whole day, yeah, <laughs> or, the whole day. yeah. <laughs> or the whole day, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and like I I don't know, my my for you page is just all funny stupid stuff, like that's it. <laughs> It's totally yeah. different than my, my wife's is all animals and, <laughs> and, and stories that will make you cry. And mine is just people doing dumb things or saying dumb things. It's so it's great. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think in, in, in our experience so far with the brands that we've, we've got onto TikTok has been, it's, it sort of reminds me of Facebook, Instagram, circa 2015, 2016, where gimmicky stuff works really well for some yeah. odd reason. If you're going yeah. for sales, if you're going for sales, that's, that's what we're talking. But for, for overall brand awareness and how, you know, a lot of larger companies use it. Perfect. But if you're going for sales, it's just not a converting mechanism. Right. And like I said, yeah. this reminds me of 2016 Instagram. We had the same thing. We could get a lot of engagement on Instagram, but getting sales was very tough. Yes. And I think throughout that year, 2016, 2017, and then finally in 2018 is when Instagram really started uh, converting well for us. Now, that phenomenon, I think, not only is it the fact and people are trusting, you know, spending their dollars on online through e-commerce, which the pandemic has really helped push, yeah. um, but that the older audience is there because the older audience has buying power, right? Yeah, totally. And so, so I think with TikTok, they're getting there slowly yeah. but surely. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm only 35. I'm, I'm on there and, you know, but like I'm part of the older group on TikTok, right? It's yeah, yeah. Like so, so many people like under the age of twenty on there, right? Um, totally. So, but yeah, no, I think I think TikTok's like one of those platforms. Like you got to get in it now, and like now's the time. Um, yeah. I remember, you know, we we all said this back when Facebook really started hitting it, and no one listened. Instagram started hitting, and no one listened. Um, yeah. LinkedIn, that's a whole other story. I right. feel like. 
I feel like Microsoft just needs to hire me to fix their the ad side of their platform because it's it's worth a bazillion dollars. I just don't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but more specifically with you know with paid and then sort of that ecosystem of paid and organic community building. Um, you're, you're, I guess what you're saying is that's really how you guys have been able to push more direct to consumer. Yeah. Um, and so what would you say is sort of the ratio to retail from retail to direct to consumer? What did you guys are sort of aiming for? So I would say in terms of, in terms of, uh, I mean, our, our, our goal, honestly, I would love to do 100% online and no retail. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that would be, that would be my preference. Um, I really like retail. I think it's a really great strategy. Um, and I think there are totally huge benefits for it. Um, but, you know, the margins in, in, in retail are a lot less just because, uh, you know, it's the cost of doing business with, with retailers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, if, if it were if in an ideal world, I, you know, we do 100% online. Um, but, but right now, I'd say it's probably, um, you know, 70-30 online to retail um okay. and so um you know it's 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 a good mix you know there are benefits the benefits of retail is you get those po's and you get the the capital big yeah. chunks and it allows you to do stuff right away with with how you're going to manage that um but but online paid strategies um yeah it's huge and it's it, it's such a, a great way to scale but you have to be careful with it because it's you know if you don't do it right and it's hard, you know, it takes time. If it's not done right, and you know this, you know, it, with doing what you do, if you don't do it right, you can lose a lot of money really quickly. Yeah, I, I think how I like to look at it is, um, you know, when you go to an agency or someone like myself, um, I, I, I really hate using the word agency. It sort of has this negative connotation here in 2021, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, yeah. It can mean so many things. But in, in reality, when you look at marketing, advertising, media buying, all this stuff, it's all we're really doing is amplifying, right? I, I've talked to so many people over the years that think like they can sort of just hand over their whole business. It's like, that doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. No. Basically what's going to happen is you, you got, you got a little um, uh, introduction to the market. The market said, Hey, they want, they want your product. You're trying to scale. We're going to help you amplify that. And we're going to tell you if the market really wants you to scale or not. And we'll be able to tell real quick whether it's going to fail or be a complete success. That's all we're doing. And you're throwing money at it so you can learn your lesson quicker, right? Yeah. That's essentially what you're trying to do. Exactly. And then from there, you know, you run your tests, you do your things that you need to do to really get into it. But you, it is impossible to push something the market doesn't want. I don't care how much money you have, it is impossible. And I've seen it. I've seen these people, people spend a quarter of a million dollars in three months trying to push a product. Maybe they get one sale. Like, yeah. that's it. So it's, it's, it's very interesting how people sort of see that. Now, um, I'm curious, you know, uh, um, <laughs> I sort of have a reputation on this show to bash Amazon quite a bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm curious, have you guys been able, have you guys had any success? Have you ever, have you tried the platform yet? Yeah, we've tried the platform. We're on the platform, um, ironically. So we, we started on the platform uh, probably about six, eight months ago, and we hadn't really done much with it. Everybody was telling us we should get on it. So we went yeah. on it um, and we started running some ads and we actually had um, hired somebody to just an individual um, to run them for us. And 
they didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, so we kind of just, we put it on hold um, and we're on there and we get sales from it. Um, but it's, it's definitely not a focus of ours. Um, and, and so it's, um, it's something that, you know, we, we do uh, utilize, but not on a, a grand scale. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. The reason being is obviously um, that I sort of, I sort of say like, if you have a product that's worthwhile, don't ever throw it on Amazon because Amazon yeah. will just hijack that immediately. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. what they do. Um, and not only that, but they, they own the customer and you don't. It's like, it's right. Such, such a problem. That's um, yeah. Again, that's, you know, when it comes to, to Amazon or it comes to retail, that's, you know, that, that is definitely uh, another aspect of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to sort of put you on the spot here. Cause I know we, we, when we last time we talked I never, I never brought this up, but if you could, if you could go, like, if you could, if someone was starting off new and they were, you know, they were about to start a brand or an e-commerce company, or they just had an idea of a product that they really wanted to shoot, shoot for the moon. Um, what would be like one lesson that you've learned or, or any piece of advice that you would give that individual? Yes. I would say start on Shopify right away. Um, yeah. we didn't, um, and we didn't pay a, a huge amount for, you know, we were just starting out. We spent about six grand on our website and, you know, looking back, we, when we transitioned to Shopify, we did the, our own Shopify site and, uh, we did the design. We had a little bit of work from our developer. Um, but it's, it was seamless and much better and it's so much more integrated. And, um, I'd say right out of the get-go start with Shopify. Um, I wouldn't, you know, that, that's, that's one, one thing, because I think from a, for, for e-commerce, I just think at least for apparel stuff, um, everything in Shopify works really well and seamless with, with email marketing, Facebook, TikTok, because some of the, some of the platforms, you know, don't integrate with TikTok. Um, so that's one thing is, um, I, I, I would say is get on that Shopify train right away. Um, and two is make sure you are understanding your customer. So, you know, if you can do some, some form of community outreach, whether it's farmer's markets um, or something else, um, yeah, dive into that right away. You know, make, get your product in the hands and ask them why they like it and what they don't like about it. Um, and tell, ask them to compare it to the, the products that they love that are similar. Um, I think th those are the, the three biggest things, um, you know, I, I would say from the get-go is just, if you're going to do a website, in my opinion, obviously just my opinion, um, I think Shopify would be great if you're, if you're going back and forth and, um, don't think so much, just, just, yeah. just do it, just do it. So, you know, it's a lot of things are overwhelming, um, and I tell myself every day, do one thing that's going to keep the business moving forward. All right. Cause you can get stuck in a lot of stuff. So when you start out, if you can do one thing each day, that's going to progress the business that much further, do that. That's, I mean, that's, that's solid advice. That's great advice. I think to, um, to sort of add to that, um, you know, this idea of perfection or having it perfect, right? Is in, is in everyone's mind. And yeah. it's, 
like running, starting, being successful in, in business, it, you don't have to be the smartest person, right? You really don't. In fact, no. I'm sure I'm sure anyone listening knows somebody who runs a successful right. business and they would consider them a total moron. So, you know, <laughs> right. um, <laughs> so, so proofs in the pudding there. So it's like, it's like one of those things where, you know, everyone waits for the perfect time. And then with that too, I, I've sort of come up with a new mantra as of, as of last month. Um, an ego is not your amigo, right? Like <laughs> I love do, it. doing things because you've seen someone, that's how someone else did it. Or, or um, doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. Right? right. And you could take the Bob Ross approach, right? This is your, this is your world. This is your tree, happy little accidents, you know, yeah. um, and just go about it that way. Otherwise, it'll it can be soul crushing and just oh man yes <laughs> never, totally never ending N never ending um, and yeah you just no, nothing's ever going to be perfect you know especially you know when you have this huge day of success you're going to be like oh I finally figured it out <laughs> and then the next day is just going to kick you and you're going to you know want to curl up in a ball in the corner yeah it's know? bipolar it's bipolar living it's one, <laughs> one one day you think you've got it all figured out you're like oh yeah. great and then by by wednesday you're like i need to go find a new job somewhere obviously because <laughs> right. this isn't gonna work yeah right, exactly <laughs> and, totally. yeah, just just get to the point where you're comfortable being uncomfortable yeah like if you can if you can get to that point like you're golden yeah um, and it's 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 perseverance i mean you know and my wife and i we talked we, we talked about this you know you got it. You grind every. You're always grinding, right? But the grinding is it becomes different as you start to gain traction. But you know, especially starting out, you've got to push, 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 push. And when you feel you're at a breaking point, you push a little bit harder, and you get over that hump. You mm -hmm. know, that's the difference. You know, between making it and being successful and not. And I feel like that's. That's why you see a lot of a lot of startups, you know, that what is the percentage? 80% of all businesses fail within the first five years. Um, and it's, you know, it's not that anybody is smarter than anybody else, but it's just the level that you're able to push through the hard stuff and keep pushing and keep pushing when you're down. That that separates the successes from the failures. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and on, on top of that, only 60% or excuse me a little more than 60% of business owners in the U S make $60,000 or less. So if you think about it like that too, it's like, you, you know, the, the level of success out there is, is so broad. And so it's, yeah. and it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, because you're, you're, you're constantly getting on yourself. Hey, we need to yeah. do this. We need to, you, you, there's always more to do. Right. Totally. And then over, over the long haul, you figure out how to be more efficient at the things you do yeah and prioritize better so, yeah this is the most important thing if i don't get this done today the world's gonna explode the rest of it i can sort of push off you know yeah so, yeah it's, it's 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 a very it's a very interesting life running a business um especially here here in this digital age um, yes yes so so i appreciate you coming on and talking to us david um how can people find you reach out yeah um, website is swagger.com and it's S-W-A-G-G-R. There's no E in there. Um, socks are all up there. You can uh, give us a, get, shoot us an email, hello at Get Swagger to reach out. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook. It's uh, Get Swagger is um, how you get us there. And yeah, love to, love to just to talk about anything. You have any questions, you just want to say hello, 
Um, yeah, but check out the socks. They're awesome. Um, sustainable, all made in the U.S. It's a big focus of ours. Um, yeah, appreciate you having me on. This has been great, Sam. Awesome, Dave. Hey, it was great talking to you. Everyone else, be sure to uh, follow us on YouTube. And you can also find us on Spotify, Apple, um, and Google Play. So go ahead and, and continue to give us a follow and listen in. All right, David. Cool. Everyone, we'll take it easy. Later.